Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Oh, if it was only so simple in Dallas with Dak. I mean, it should be, right? Everybody believes he's the franchise signal caller, but no deal just yet. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline, including the Heisman Trophy winner, Desmond Howard, who will join us at 7.45 a.m. Eastern. He won the award back in 1991 and struck a pose, literally and figuratively, which made him a football mm-hmm. immortal the morning after Devontae Smith, the fellow wide receiver, wins it. Dez's thoughts in 45 minutes. So there's been so much talk, fellas, about the NFC East, right? The Washington football team gets in. They're getting ready for Tom Brady. What the Eagles did Sunday night, the way the Giants' Joe Judge reacted on Monday afternoon. It seems crazy to say this. I don't know the last time I, uh, last time I said this, but uh, what about the Cowboys? The Cowboys are always at the center of every single NFC East discussion. But at this particular point... They've got an issue of their own, and that is the whole situation with Dak Prescott. You heard there earlier, Mike Greenberg, just a minute ago, saying Dak absolutely has the leverage during negotiations. You know about the story, the fractured ankle, Dak out for the year, ready for the offseason program when it begins probably in March. Jerry Jones doubling down on Greeny's comments on 105.3. The fan essentially saying, my QB might have me over a barrel. I don't know how you could have any more leverage. His evolving into an NFL quarterback has been nothing short of a perfect pitcher. And he uh, has great ability in my mind to win games. And so he has uh, all the things as substantiated by what we've offered Zach. You wouldn't be offering Dak what's been offered him in the past had you not thought he was very special. The issue is uh, how do you come together and, uh, and uh, we've got to get it together. Key, how do you get it together? He's got leverage because we offered him money in the past, big money in the past because we feel good about him. That's all Jerry is saying. Jerry's not saying that all of a sudden Dak Prescott could just walk in and he's going to give him a blank check. Right. Jerry's being Jerry is what he's doing. He's just letting you know that we're going to negotiate and we're going to pay Dak Prescott, but he's certainly not going to get because this is a juicy headline. So the first thing people think is, oh, my God, Dak Prescott's getting ready to bend him over a barrel. That's not going to take – Jerry's not going to do that. Mm. Jerry already just said what we've already offered him is the leverage. He's saying that is the leverage. But he might give him a little bit more, right? I mean, you pay him. They should pay him. There's no question about it. I also understand the five years versus the four years because it's all hung up over one year. He wanted a five-year deal, a four-year deal. They wanted a fifth-year deal. And what I would say, if I was representing him or or dealing with the situation, I understand that the TV deal is coming up and there's going to be big money salary cap-wise down the line. If he took a four-year deal, they may not be able to sign certain free agents and things like that because he'll eat up a certain amount of the cap. If he took a five-year deal, they could spread that over the five years. If he played three or four years and wasn't good, they're going to move on from him anyway. If he get to the fifth year and that number is short of what his performance is, they're going to renegotiate and extend this deal, or they're going to cut him. So arguing over the fifth year really isn't that big of a deal to me because if you can play, they're going to take care of you in year four. They're going to extend him and make him a $50 million guy Mm. in year four. Wow. Key, I guess the question is, if you're Dak Prescott, you know, do you believe in the management of the Cowboys? Do you believe they can help you with their defense and other aspects with you still getting paid to win a Super Bowl? I personally don't know if I believe that in Dallas. If I'm Dak 
Prescott, I want to hold them hostage. I, I not only want my money, I not only want the years I get, but if I don't get that, then franchise tag me for another year. Pay me my $38, $39 million and let my proof be on the field. I know he just had an injury, and I know that's a gamble for a guy like Dak Prescott, but then I'm thinking about, uh, can I go to a scenario like San Francisco? Like, what's going to happen with Jimmy G? But Kyle Shanahan, that defense, that can help me win a Super Bowl a lot quicker. Can I go to a situation like a New Orleans? Drew Brees is going to retire. That defense is intact. I have weapons. I know what's there. Like, there are some other situations that can help Dak Prescott win a Super Bowl a lot faster. He ain't going nowhere, though, Jay. Jay, he ain't going nowhere. He'll be right in Dallas. That's fine. He can't just walk out the door. They still have his rights. He still can be franchise tagged at a $30-plus million level again next year. They're probably not going to get to that. They're probably going to wind up getting a deal done at some point. I know we've been saying this for a while now. They're going to get a deal done. They're going to get they're going to eventually get one done. And in terms of trusting what they can put around you, man, I don't know where people knock the Cowboys at from players' perspective on drafting and signing guys. Will Clay does a hell of a job, along with Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones, at acquiring players, whether it's through free agency or the draft. Their problem has been on the sidelines and coaching those guys up. But in terms of getting players – They've been, man, as long as I can remember, they signed some good players and draft some damn good players there, Zubin. We should also, uh, go ahead, Jay, go ahead. I I just, Key, I know that the reason why I was saying franchise hack me is you use that as a negotiation tactic to say, I'm not going to budge unless I get what I want. So, look, if Dak Prescott chooses to be there, that's ultimately his decision. But he does have leverage to force their hand in a lot of ways to get the money and the years on the contract he does want. Couple well, things. Go ahead, Jeff. No, not, key, go ahead. not really, because if they franchise tag him, if they franchise tag him, he gets the tag number until June. If he mm-hmm. signs a long term deal, they're only gonna go so far, Jay. It, it, it's like you know what I'm saying. It's only so much money that they're going to be willing to give him because they gotta sign other players. They can work around the numbers, but clearly they don't want to go five. They don't want to go four years because four years balloons money in certain years. Those numbers are high in year one, two, three. If they stretch it out to five, those numbers are now smaller in year one, two, and three. He still gets the guaranteed money in the four years. He still gets whatever signing bonus money, whether it's $50 million or $80 million guaranteed in the, in, up on signing, and it's $100-plus million guaranteed over the length of the contract. He's still going to get that. They just need the extra fifth year to stretch the money out. Last couple of things I would mention on this particular topic for those that aren't following it nearly as closely. Um, the reason that Dak obviously would want four versus five, he could get to free agency one year earlier. Remember, he's only 27 years old. But, but getting the free agency, see, Zubin, you got to understand, when you got a four-year deal, year one, year two, year three, if you're playing out of your mind like mm-hmm. Dak can do and he probably will do, right. They're going to come to you in year four because they don't want you walking out of the door. Yeah, they can't have you be a lame duck. They can't have you be a lame duck if you sign a five-year deal. Same thing applies. Year one, year two, year three, year four, that number is so big that they can't carry that number because they need to sign other players. They're going to come to you and say, hey, we're willing to give you another $175 million to sign another five-year deal. Like I said before about Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is going to get another monster deal from the Green Bay Packers because at the end of his deal, those numbers are so high that it only makes sense to go back 
and extend his contract, push that money up, turn it into a signing bonus, turn it into guaranteed money, and extend the contract. And the last thing I would mention there also, keep in mind, we're obviously in the midst of the coronavirus right now, which is hurt league revenue. It's hurt the revenue of every league and every sports league in the world. But the salary cap is a direct reflection of the revenue the league brings in. So when ESPN and CBS and Fox and NBC and everybody else that's desperate to be in the business of football on television gives the NFL those checks, that will raise the league revenue. That essentially will also, by proxy, raise the salary cap. But let's be clear here. These teams don't have cash problems. They have cap issues. The owners don't have cash problems. Jerry Jones can pick up the phone and call Bank of Dallas and say, yo, I need several hundred million. Line of credit. Like, whatever. (laughs) They don't have cash problems. So they can play with the cash. It's the cap that they worry about. Yes, I would love to be as cash poor as an NFL owner. That's a great point. <laughs> a reminder to tune into Mike Greenberg's show this morning, Greeny, which immediately follows our show, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, right here on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day as only he can, have the newsmakers you'd expect, including this morning, Kurt Warner and Joe Willie Namath. Plus, he'll interact with you every single day from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin right into Greeny weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. See if Greeny geeks out talking to his probably his favorite Jet of all time, besides you, of course, uh, Joe Willie name. That's this morning, 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. Anything? Nothing. I'm okay. going to break. <laughs> okay. So are we. On the way, it was a story that rocked the sports world and reared its ugly head in August. And now, unfortunately, it's back on another day. In January, and the biggest star in American sports has weighed in again. That's next on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And we're going to start with football immortality for Alabama's Devontae Smith, becoming the first wide receiver to win the Heisman Trophy since Desmond Howard. Des, our teammate here at ESPN, is going to join us this morning at 7.45 a.m. Eastern. Alabama has had three Heisman winners in its history, and they've all come in the last dozen years. The latest... Devontae Smith afterwards with our Heisman host, Chris Fowler. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Just coming from a small place like that, um, you just really have to work day in and day out and just believe in yourself. And if don't nobody else believe you, you just have to believe in yourself and just prove everybody wrong. 
we will see if Devontae and Alabama will take the field against Ohio State Monday. We are hoping that's when the national championship game will be played. Right now, a little bit of a position group outbreak with the coronavirus for the Buckeyes. Again, Desmond Howard on the way at 7.45 a.m. Eastern. And Kenosha, Wisconsin County District Attorney Michael Gravely announced Tuesday that no charges will be filed against Rustin Shesky, the 31-year-old Kenosha police officer in the shooting of Jacob Blake back on August 23rd. The officer had been on administrative leave pending an investigation from the Wisconsin Department of Justice. Blake was shot seven times in the back. He is paralyzed. Gravely and his report yesterday said that Blake was armed with a knife. However, his family has said that is not true and that has been mischaracterized. You may recall when this happened, NBA players walked out of the bubble. The WNBA walked out. Baseball walked out. There was protests everywhere, led by LeBron James. On the news that no charges will be filed, here's LeBron James upon hearing that. It's a blow to our community once again. Um, and we've been here. We've been here before. It sucks. Um, you know, we feel um, sorry for his family and for that community itself. And we just want, we want better. We want better. And, um, and hopefully we can get that. And uh, LeBron speaking there, I will mention, Key, there still is a federal civil rights investigation that is going on as well. So the U.S. government is taking a look at the case. But right now on the state level, no charges filed. It's 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 wild is what I could say. Um, You know, you you hear so many different things and whether he had a knife or whether he didn't have a knife or or. He said he had one and he said he didn't have one. The family said that's not true. You hear all these different things, so you don't really know what the truth is. The only thing I can go off of is what I saw with my eyes, right? And the only thing I saw with my eyes is a guy coming around the front of a car trying to get toward the front of his car, and the next thing you know, he's being shot and gunned down. That's the only thing I can see. Um, You know, so many incidents like this has happened over time that – in general communities, us in general as black, Latinos, black and brown, even to a degree whites, we just wanted to stop, man. That's all. That's all we asking for. We not. Is it like really hard to understand where we're coming from? I mean, is it that difficult? Is it is it really that difficult to just see what we're saying? And I guess people, you know, some people don't want to hear it. They'd rather not hear it. They want it to go away. They want it to disappear. They want to put the blanket over their eyes and and hope that it goes away. But it's not going to go away. And we continue to keep seeing this and we continue to keep wrestling with it every single time these things come up. And it's about time for it to just stop. Like, serious. Like, it's, it's tiring, man, to continue to just keep talking about this over and over and over. And the only reason why we keep talking about it because it keeps happening. Mm. It keeps happening. When things keep happening... You got to talk about it. Jay? It, it is tiring, Key. Um, and we'll continue to talk about it because we are both African-American men who, on our text thread last night, you know, if we didn't play sports, we're no different. We weren't on TV. We ain't no different. Both of us got pulled over multiple times. It not only continues to destroy the trust between the community and police officers, but it further erodes the faith that you want to have in the justice department. That's the part that's painful about it is there's actual seven times in the back, seven times, man, got shot seven times, uh, reports about him disclosing that there was a knife that was found regardless. 
for a knife or if you're coming at somebody, police should be properly trained to handle somebody in that situation. And it shouldn't be seven times. And I don't want to hear people try to use reports about, hey, well, he had these kind of charges against him. And that that, that doesn't warrant somebody taking your life or, or paralyzing you for life, getting shot seven times. It just um, LeBron speaking about it. I know we had the situation that happened in the bubble with the Milwaukee Bucks and them stepping up that led to essentially postponement of games for a couple of days, MLB players speaking up about it. And it just feels like all that was done to have an outcome that doesn't warrant justice. And we will continue to use our platform to continue to talk about it because it's important. We need to continue to bring awareness to it. No question about it. And, and you mentioned in the time, how many times he was shot in the back seven times. I mean, you know, a knife is not a gun. And I certainly don't think that based on the footage that my eyes saw, it looked like that he was getting ready to attack the police officers with his back turned. That's just what I saw with my eyes. And and so much like you said, Zubin, there's still some federal investigations that's going on and maybe they'll get it. They'll get it and get it right and figure out what to do. We should also mention just again for the district attorney, Mike Gravely, he essentially said there was 40 hours of investigation, 200 reports that were filed, 1,500 pages of documents. So they are putting forth their due diligence, putting forth all of those numbers on how extensively they investigated before making this decision. Let's hear from Wesley Matthews. He now plays for the Lakers, but last year, you may recall, in the bubble, he was a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. Jay referenced this, this happening just a short drive away from Milwaukee with the Bucks leading the walkout along with the Raptors. You may remember that back in the summer. Here's Wes Matthews, now Lakers forward, former Bucks forward, on his thoughts upon hearing the news. It's upsetting as a Wisconsinite. It's upsetting as a human being. That uh, justice and injustice, and um, it's uh, it's it's tough, but uh, it can't it can't it can't knock us off the path that we're trying to get to, which is quality and just simply right and wrong. It's humanity. That's all it is. Jay, I mean he he nailed it. it it's. You know, it's interesting when we have these types of conversations and seeing how the atmosphere has somewhat changed since it originally happened. You know, people didn't want to spare the time to listen to what other people are going through. And, you know, that, that's the way I try to approach everything is, Zubin, I want to hear about, you know, what your reality is from your ethnic background. I want to hear about my other friends and what they experience. And, you know, I, I think continuing to try to be empathetic is something that, our society is trying to move in that direction. And as long as we continue to do so and listen to one another and stand up for injustice to humanity, humanity as people, then I think that's where sports can really play an imperative role because the platform that all these athletes have, I would be an advocate for them to continue to use it. And people may not like it, but they have the ear of people because people want to come to sports to get away from reality. When you can inject them with a dose of reality from your perspective, it's a game changer. We need to continue to do it. If you're not living in reality, then you're not living though, Jay. And I hear you brother, that, but you know, it, the, people yeah. are so isolated these days because of the pandemic that your reality becomes contorted because you don't have experiences key. Like people aren't around people. So now everybody's in their own little bubble and they only are talking about things that are applicable to their life. You know? Well, that that's always been the case for the most sure. part, not just because we're in a pandemic. People only want to deal with what's around them. But at the t- same time you are at home, 
There are radios, television, they turn it on CNN and Fox and everything else. So I'm sure that they see it. And I'm sure as you're sitting at home and listening and seeing, you can certainly understand and feel how others feel about certain things and the pain that our community is continuously feeling. I mean, for me, you know, seeing stuff like that, it just, it always, you know, it goes back to, I do have kids. I, I feel myself. I, it makes me wonder, you know, I'm not afraid of the police at all. I'm going to do everything that they tell me to do. But at the same time, it's just like, what if everything comes back to what if, what if somebody's not watching or what if, Something is go. It was so funny. I was walking and I didn't even think about this this morning. I was walking. I parked where I parked my car and, and the police was actually sitting in the parking lot. And I said to myself, I just turned around and looked, Zubin. Mm-hmm. I just looked at him. It waved. I'm like, you know, I'm getting out of my car. I'm cool. I'm parking. I'm I'm just thinking to myself, though, what if mm-hmm. it's four o'clock in the morning? Mm-hmm. So it just makes you always cautious about your surroundings and about everything that you're doing and making sure you're doing the right thing so that they have no excuse. Give them no excuse at all. As I like to say, non-threatening. I'm addressed non-threatening, so I don't give you no damn excuse Mm -hmm. to do nothing to me. I will say, lastly, there is a postscript that should be mentioned before we move on, and that is hours before the district attorney, Gravely, Mike Gravely, announced that there would be no charges filed. Kyle Rittenhouse, who is an 18-year-old teenager from northern Illinois who fatally shot two people and wounded a third during protests following the Blake shooting, claimed self-defense and pleaded not guilty to five felonies, including multiple homicide charges during a hearing on Tuesday afternoon. This is why we talk about this stuff. It transcends sports. I know a lot of shows won't do it, but we understand we're here to talk sports with you, but we also understand life is bigger than sports, and when we have to take that on-ramp or that off-ramp and we're ready to talk about it, we are certainly willing to discuss. I appreciate the cathartic, visceral, honest thoughts of both Jay Will and Key. We're going to move on now by going to SportsCenter, and then we will talk to a Super Bowl champion. And now, without further ado, the 2020 winner of the Heisman Trophy is Devontae Smith of the University of Alabama. He should get down on a loop and just play it over and over and over till his ears bleed. It's the greatest thing you can hear as a collegiate male athlete. Devontae Smith has won the Heisman Trophy, the Alabama wide receiver who is just simply sensational all year long. He is the third Alabama player to win the award. Mark Ingram, the running back, and Derrick Henry, of course, the all-world running back in the NFL. At the moment, Devontae Smith joins them. We will be joined by Heisman winner Desmond Howard at 745. Des was the last wide receiver to win it before Devontae. And once again, he is on the way here in just about 18 minutes or so. The Texans have themselves a new general manager, man. The Texans just need to turn the page. J.J. Watt has been hot. Deshaun Watson's been hot. We'll see if Nick Casario, who was a hot candidate with the Patriots for years, can turn him around. He joined as a personnel assistant in Foxborough back in June of 01. Part of all six Super Bowl wins, director of player personnel since 08. He'll join Jack Easterby, who is the Texans executive vice president. And you guessed it, spent key six years in New England. Yes. And the Browns, Kevin Stefanski. Minnesota ties, not New England ties. <laughs> Kevin Stefanski will not coach Sunday. Coronavirus special teams coordinator Mike Prefer will fill in. They'll, of course, take on the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night football, their first playoff game in eight 
13 years. So that's the story with the Browns. They will not have their head coach, who many believe might be the NFL's head coach of the year. And Key and Jay both believe it's a huge blow. SportsCenter is presented by Progressive Insurance. Protecting your business with specialized coverages for your commercial vehicles. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Wow, Browns fans are everywhere, including down under. We'll see if they're on top of the scoreboard on Sunday night. They'll have to do it without Kevin Stefanski. Sorry, let's get back on the plane here, go stateside. I'm guessing to uh, Louisiana, to our guy, Ryan Clark, the Super Bowl champion, joining us this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. He joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. All right, Ryan, so uh, take me inside. I mean, you're a Super Bowl champion. Um, How significant is it for the Browns to not have Stefanski out there Sunday night? Think about how many times we talk about, talked about Baker Mayfield's success this season and not tied it to Kevin Stefanski. Every time it's a Baker Mayfield, quote-unquote, breakout game or Baker Mayfield proves something to the doubters, it's because we say Kevin Stefanski put him in the right positions to do so. He's not only the head coach, but he's the play caller. And when you have to do all of those things from the same position, I think your worth is a little bit different than most head coaches in this league. And so I think this is not only a huge loss as to what it will mean to the Cleveland Browns from a sense of not having your head coach there and not having someone who's delegated the entire season, but you're losing not only your schematic leader, but your actual in-game play caller that understands the vibe and the flow of this team each and every down. And I think that's huge and it can't go underrated. This is like losing, at least to me, three to seven points in this game to a team that you are ready to underdog to. Ryan, you mentioned they lose Kevin Stefanski as the head coach, but the quarterback coach and Alex Van Pelt takes over play calling duties. Quarterback coaches in the ear and mm-hmm. works in conjunction along with Kevin Stefanski in terms of game planning, calling plays. How could this be significant to Baker Mayfield in this particular game? Well, 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 you know, Key, that, that's significant because that's the guy you have the most conversations with. So I think it's significant on two parts. Does, does this take Van Pelt from being able to sit next to Baker Mayfield on the bench and being able to go over the pictures and talk about what happened because he is delegating, because he now does have a new position. He now has new responsibilities and obligations as the head coach. Or does this give them some sort of synergy and carryover and chemistry from having having talked to Van Pelt throughout the season and kind of understood each other and, and, and Van Pelt knows how to get Baker in the right position, knows how to have Baker more comfortable or as comfortable as he can possibly be to make those plays. I think it could go either way. And so where it is good, that, that you have someone who's been a part of Kevin Stefanski's thought process as the game goes on. It's different when you have to do it from the head coaching position, which Van Pelt will have to do now. Right. Let's talk about the Eagles for a second, man. Give me your unfiltered opinion on if you were a player on that roster, how would you have handled everything that just went down? Well, first off, you 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 know, you you've been around it, Jay. Like you take your shower after the game, you grab your stuff and you go home. Like like that's the way that's the way you handle it. And now uh when when you start to when you start to be prodded and, and, and picked by the media, you understand what response they're trying to get. I think you handle that in the building. You have an exit meeting, right? You talk to the head coach. You talk to your position coach. And in those meetings, you can basically say whatever the hell you want to say. And so if you have an issue with the way Doug Peterson handled that situation, that's when you tell him. You tell him the importance of that game to you. You tell him the importance 
of that decision. And so I would be pissed off about it. And not pissed off because Doug Peterson made a, a decision that he felt was good for him to, for his team or good for him or helped his thought process as how he saw Nate Sedfield, Sudfield, but because it wasn't communicated, because it couldn't be adjusted based off of where we were in the game. And when your leader, Jason Kelsey, says weeks before that every decision made on the football team should be made with one priority, and that's winning football games, and then your head coach decides to go a different route and that's not communicated, then those are mixed messages. The team wants one thing. The head coach wants something different, and that needs to be addressed with the head coach. Let me let me ask you this, though, Ryan, because I, I, I've been going back and forth with this thing and trying to understand his communication. If he communicates with them that a, what we all know, he was tanking to get to the sixth pick, can the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> be punished for doing that? Is that the reason – that he probably didn't communicate because he didn't want to lose draft picks or be heavily fined? You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you could be punished for that, right? That, that seems like something that would be uh, detrimental to the shield, right? Detrimental to the integrity of the game. And so if those things would get out, I'm sure the NFL would investigate it. But even if you're not communicating why you're doing it, Key. You need to communicate that you're doing it. You need to let your team know, okay, this is the plan going forward. And if it truly was Doug feeling like it was senior night and Nate Sudfeld had been there senior four night. years. What's wrong with you, man? Senior well. night. His parents, his, parents, his parents deserve to see him play. Then who? <laughs> Tell me that. Tell me, you know what? Nate's parents are going to be in attendance tonight. And when they walk him across the field to take his senior picture, we want to see him get some snaps. But let us know that. Let us understand why we are taking this field, because clearly it wasn't to win the game. Is Doug coming back as the head coach? Is he going to be the head coach when all this is said and done to start the 2021 season? You know, I think that's a conversation that that's an overall organization conversation, uh, Key, because you look at Doug, like Doug's been to the playoffs every what since what, 17, 18, 19. He's at a playoff team. And it's not very often that you win a Super Bowl. You go to the playoffs in succession like that. And one bad year gets you out of it. Now, we're looking at things in a microscope of like some of this junk just looks terrible. You're your starting quarterback who $110 million man. He's no longer your quarterback. And then you bench or you replace your guy, you replace him with in the last quarter of the season. And so those things look bad. But I think you have to look at his his tenure in totality. And so it's, do we? what do we do with Doug Peterson? Is he our coach next year? And then you figure out what you're going to do with your quarterbacks. How about the, Callis, the Dallas Cowboys situation here, right? What do, you, do you think Dak Prescott actually has a leverage in the situation? And will he get top dollar as a quarterback? Hey. Hell yeah, he got the leverage. No, I don't know if he's going to get top dollar, right? Because this, this team seems so what's to, the point of having the leverage? to not want to go top dollar. Well, the, the, the point of having the leverage is doing your best to, to get as close to that as you possibly can, right? It's, 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 not, it's not basketball. Jay, you know, in, in basketball, there, there's a number you can point to me. There, there's a super max that you can't talk me out of. We don't have super max. We don't have max deals. It's not if you've been with this team for so long, they can offer you more than this team. We don't have that. That's not how, that's not how it works in football. 
So, so, so your thing is to get as, as close as you possibly can to your number. Get as close as you possibly can to your wants and pull the team away from theirs as much as you possibly can. And that's where Dak Prescott is right now. Dak Prescott can't go in and demand a Patrick Mahomes deal. You know why? Because he ain't Patrick Mahomes. But he can start talking about some of that Deshaun Watson money, that Russell Wilson money that he was expecting last year. I think that conversation shifts in his direction. That conversation is now playing on his side of the football. And so I think he gets more than he was going to get last year. I believe he'll understand that. He'll get more guaranteed. He may even get the length of deal that was kind of keeping these two sides apart. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to break the bank and now become by far the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Now, Ryan, fo- follow me here, though, right? Because it wasn't you. It was somebody else in Pittsburgh that played the safety position. It wasn't you that went to New England and was poking the goat like Chase Young has been doing over the last <laughs> week. Who was that? You know what I'm talking about. And, and, and Tom Brady you- and Randy Moss and crew – went after him repeatedly over the top. I just can't remember the name of that safety. You know, I, 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 don't, I, I, don't want, I don't want to do my dog like this. I, uh, but you I know who I'm talking he, about, he, right? Skip Bayless need to stop saying his name. It's my homeboy, Anthony Smith. But, That's who it was. Uh, good, good so so, so yeah. now here's the question. Should <laughs> Chase Young be worried about becoming Anthony Smith because he, was doing, he has been doing what Anthony did to Tom Brady talking trash you know what hell no and i'm gonna tell you why <laughs> tell me here, here was the difference anthony smith at the, at the time was a second year safety uh he replaced me that's the year i got sick and he's playing against tom brady in his prime he's playing against randy moss having the greatest uh statistical season uh touchdown wise by a wide receiver and all of these other things going on in new england right and, and he couldn't win his individual battle. You know who can win his individual battle? Chase Young. Mm-hmm. Now, you may have to worry about Fuller on the outside and Darby on the outside, but the dude that stands in front of Chase Young, Chase Young could whip him. And then the dude he's trying to get to, who is Tom Brady, if those two dudes get face-to-face, I pick Chase Young. Now, does that mean they're going to win the game? No. Does it mean that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers aren't a better team? No. What it means is Chase Young is solely focused on whoever you put across from me can't hold me and Tom Brady cannot get away from me. I got an opportunity to interview him the day before the draft for Under Armour. And I asked him, who would be your dream quarterback to sack? And he said, Tom Brady. It, it's, it's more a respect thing. It's more of living out a dream thing. Think about how young this dude is and how long Tom Brady's been playing football. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's been the greatest quarterback of all time since Chase Young has been paying attention to football. You think he don't want to sack that dude? You think he don't want you to bring on the GOAT? And the other part is, like old girl said on whatever, was, was it Real Housewives or Love and Hip Hop? Who going to check him, boo? Nobody. Dude going to be okay. I, I just, you know, I was at that game. I went to that New England game. And I, I remember the story pregame. It wasn't funny. It oh, wasn't good. Man. Oh, it wasn't good. It <laughs> yeah, wasn't, it wasn't good. good. <laughs> Fair enough. Remember, Brady's been in the league for basically 20 years, and Chase Young is 21 himself. Ryan, we'll see you on Get Up Top of the Hour with Greeting the Gang on ESPN. Thank you, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks, RC. Y'all boys have oh, a good one. Man. Bombs away. Oh, those things was flying all over the place. Zubin, you should have seen that. It was crazy. And, and so I'm there. You know, I go as a 
as as a guest of, of, of New England Patriots, Belichick, and we having pregame conversations, they like that dude right there. We get ready to do something to him. Mm. Don't poke the bear or the goat or any other animal for that matter. On the way, <laughs> man, Desmond Howard is in one of the most exclusive companies in all of sports, a Heisman Trophy winner. But Des is also in an even more exclusive group that just got one more member added last night. We'll talk to the Heisman winner from 91. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Devontae became just the fourth wide receiver to win it in the modern era. Tim Brown, Johnny Rogers, Dez, and Devontae. Stats Incredible brought to you by My Computer Career, Training for a Better Life. The aforementioned Desmond Howard is here. It was great to see you and Tim Tebow and all those guys on the broadcast yesterday. Your reaction to another wide receiver in the exclusive Heisman Club, Dez? It was good to see um, the young man win a trophy that he deserved. I mean, he had just a fantastic season. And, you know, it's always difficult because, obviously, um, when a guy's in that position, normally his quarterback is getting most of the credit, most of the um, the accolades. And and they're talking about him, uh, you know, um, so much, like a guy like Mac Jones. So, you know, at the beginning of the season, let's just, you know, put it in context, it was it was Trevor Lawrence's trophy to lose. Then um, Kyle Trask of Florida started to play out of his mind. He played out of his mind. And then Mac Jones, of course, being the guy that he is with the talent that he has around him, was putting up some impressive numbers. So then Trevor got COVID. It became uh, Kyle Trask and Mac Jones. But then all of a sudden, people started to really pay attention to Devontae Smith. And, um, you know, then the young man never looked back. I mean, he had a fantastic season. If you watch him, though, he's just such an impressive uh, player, and you think about this. Just think about all the great wideouts, though, that, that have gone through Alabama. You know, even recently, you know, you got Jerry Judy, first round pick a year ago. Uh, Henry Ruggs, a third, a first round pick a year ago. Uh, you got Ridley, who, you know, was there, too. So all these great wideouts. And this is the one to actually take home the Stiff Arm Trophy. So just congratulations to Devontae. Very deserving. What was the biggest factor in his winning of the Heisman Trophy this season? 
I, th- I think that he just played great consistently, and I think that's what it is. You know, when you when you are a Heisman candidate, you know you have to go out there and you got to put your 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 best performance on week in and week out. And then you know, key, you got a wide out like this that defenses are keen on. You know, the defensive coordinator knows we got to stop number six. We can't let number six beat us. Of course, they got all these other weapons too. But you know, your main focus is on number six, especially when Jalen Waddle went out. Um, during the Tennessee game. So now the focus really um, is honed in on number six, Devontae Smith. But he always went out there, was very impressive no matter who they played, week in and week out, he was consistent. And he's a kid who I would say was worth the price of admission. Des, who do you think he reminds you of in the NFL? And will his size hinder him? You know, he is, like, really <laughs> kind of thin. Um, like, last night during the broadcast, I said his nickname is the Slim Reaper because he's out there uh, <laughs> taking bodies and snatching souls on the gridiron. But he is rather, you know, thin. He kind of reminds me of, like, uh, his body type, maybe like a uh, Stevie Breston, who, um, you know, he went to Michigan and played for the Cardinals. Uh, Stevie returned punch, too. But Stevie was kind of long, kind of slender. Um, maybe Marvin Harris, um type of body um, and his skill set too because he has has great hand-eye coordination uh, runs excellent routes he's a a technician Um, but I would say those two players come to mind when I think about players who former players who are in the NFL that's some great company and now he joins your select company as a Heisman Trophy winner we'll see you on Get Up coming up at 8 a.m. Eastern to talk more Heisman with Greeny and the gang and then hopefully We'll play a little college football Monday night if everything goes the way it's supposed to. Des, we really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks, Des. All right, guys. Thanks. Right. Have a good one. Uh-huh. That's the great Desmond Howard. I want to say one thing, Key, that uh, we've had a couple discussions here on Devontae Smith. And the one thing I haven't been able to mention, and to me, you look at this from a guy that played the position at the highest level. So I'm, I'm looking at it completely differently. So I'm watching the playoff semifinal, the Rose Bowl game presented by Capital One ESPN last Friday. Got to get the sponsors in. Got to get the sponsors in. It's like 50% of my job. It's like 50% of my job. But the one thing I loved was when the game, the game was never really in question, let's be honest. I love Notre Dame. But, you know, this is, this is an obvious Alabama win. This guy was out there on special teams. And by the way, I'm not talking catching punts. Yeah. He was like on Alabama special teams running down to try to stop the Irish like three or three and a half, four days before he was going to win the Heisman Trophy. You don't see players of that ilk on special teams in a game that is already decided running down to try to blow somebody up. I know he wasn't going to do that. But to be on that unit no, he would have done to be it. on the Heisman Trophy winner, that's yeah. unbelievable. It, the more you can do, right? Uh, and, and I saw him on, as a gunner on special teams as well. And I was like, when I saw him, I was like, well, okay, I guess he could do it. But, right. but guys do play the gunner position that are stars, sometimes they get lost in the weeds because people aren't really paying attention to special teams. When they punt and kick, a lot of times people go to the restroom, right? They leave, they get up, go to the kitchen. He's that type of athlete, though. Clearly Nick Saban feels that way, so he has him out there. Key, would you like a guy, if you were a GM, would you like a guy like him or would you like a guy like a Jamar Chase better? They both are good, man. It just depends on what we're looking for from a staff standpoint. I mean, I'm a big receiver guy. I like big receivers that can move and do some things. Um, I'm not against smaller guys. I just know that the National Football League is a big man's game. Uh, you know, people like Marvin Harrison and Terry Glenn and those guys are outliers. It's just don't you don't get the success at that rate all the time with smaller guys. That's why 
the premium on big receivers. That's a great point for those that are not familiar with Jamar Chase, record-setting wide receiver at LSU. So we'll see a very wide receiver heavy draft on the way. On the way, the most important person to keeping Sam Darnold in New York has spoken. His thoughts next. These days, it's okay to do some things halfway, like wearing your pajama bottoms on a work call, but managing your... Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.